Companions series is Jesus, friend of sinners. It's a well-known phrase which I'm sure you've heard um, many times before. We've sung about it. Perhaps we've tweeted it. And in some parts of the world, no doubt, there are billboards displaying it. But what does it mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be a friend of sinners? And what lessons can we learn from his example? Jesus, friend of sinners. It's four words that brings a great deal of reassurance to our lives. And I bet as I speak, as I say those words, you, like me, already have the lyrics to a particular song in your head. His name is Jesus, friend of sinners. Jesus, Jesus, friend of mine. You can thank me later for putting that in your head for the rest of the day. And the comfort of these words is knowing that God, who is the creator of all, who is perfect in every way, loves us even though we are flawed human beings. And he shows his love for us by coming close to us in the person of Jesus Christ, who knows what it means to be human, and he invites us into an intimate relationship with him. And Jesus sets the perfect example for us of what being a friend is all about. So we're going to spend some time um, unpacking that and the example that he um, sets for us. In John 15, verse 9, it says this, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Why is that verse important? Because it helps us to understand what Jesus says a bit later in John 15, in verse 12 where, and 13, where he says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And really, that's a, that's a model phrase that Jesus has given us for being friends to each other, to lay down our lives um, for each other. A command which he later models himself, and no doubt that as he was dying on the cross, Perhaps the disciples, I say no doubt, I'm, I'm actually just guessing because we can't get into their heads, um, but maybe the disciples had these words tumbling around their heads as their best friend was laying down his life for them that, oh, he told us to do that and now he's doing it himself. So that's very important. And so I think um, just maybe jumping to the most significant thing, that is Jesus really modeling what it means um, to be a friend, because he set a high bar for us there, and he doesn't set a bar for us that he's not willing to reach to himself. So I suppose that's my first point. Um, now, um, we see, so we can see how Jesus is a friend to sinners by laying down his life for them, because remember, he didn't just lay down his life uh, for his friends, he laid down his life for everyone if they are willing to accept it. There's a verse in Romans that, um, that mentions that, but I'm not going to um, quote it now because I don't want to get too far um, off topic. Um, but friend of sinners is not a title which Jesus ascribed to himself. I'm sure to some extent he took ownership of it, but it wasn't him who coined that phrase. Um, it's not even a title that his close friends gave to him. 
um, or his wider crowd of followers. In fact, um, this is a derision. It is a slight. It is an insult which is given to Jesus. And it came from the Pharisees, the religious leaders at the time, the guardians of the status quo. The idea behind this phrase is recorded in several places in Scripture, so let's have a look at them. The, these are not in any particular order, and there's more examples than this. I just pulled out a few, uh, shall we say, choice morsels. So, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Now, they don't use the actual word Jesus, friend of sinners there, but it is implied they have noticed that um, here is a man who is teaching with authority. People call him rabbi, and he is teaching, and he's, he's not in our circle of the teaching clique and he is not behaving as we would be. Therefore, we have an issue with it. And this is, this is part of that. Okay? He, he is behaving like you don't eat with somebody who you're, who's, who, who, who you're, you're not friends with or you're not um, at least trying to be friendly to. But Jesus is doing that very thing. So it piques their interest. Anyway, another scripture that records it is this. This is actually Jesus talking. So he's saying, look to people, he said, this has been said of me. He says, the son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Um, so Jesus in this, in, in this part of Luke is actually um, rebuking the people of the generation. I, I don't know if you remember it, but it, it's the, um, the part where where he says, um, look, um, you criticize John because, um, because he's, he's a loner and, you know, he eats locusts and he dresses with, you think he's a madman, okay, but, um, and, and he fasts a lot and, and things like that, but you're criticizing me because I'm eating with people and so you call me a, a glutton and a, and a drunkard. Um, and what he's saying is that, you know, we've got someone who appears to be at one extreme and someone who appears to be at another extreme and neither please you. So what's wrong with this generation? Okay. Um, it's like John's been too tight and Jesus has been too loose. So um, anyway, um, but this, this, is the, this is one of the phrases that gives us the, the, the phrase um, friend of sinners. Um, on the heels of that, that bit that Jesus says is a story where... Um, which acts like a bit of a case study. So it's from Luke 7, 36 onwards. This is just a highlight, but I'll get to it in a moment. Jesus has been invited to a Pharisee's house for dinner. Simon, he's called. Um, and a woman of disreputable character comes in, and uh, which was not uncommon. Um, when a teacher taught in that um, era, or when he opened up his house, it was common for all kinds of people to come into the house. They just weren't expected to be sent to stage. They were allowed in, but they you know, could hang around on the, um, on, on the periphery. But anyway, she, she's coming in, and she, she makes a big deal because um, she wipes his feet uh, with her. She, she wipes his feet 
She wipes his feet with her tears and dries them with her hair. A strange thing to do. Um, Not a common practice these days, so it might be difficult. Well, not in my circles anyway. So it might be difficult to relate to. Um, But Jesus says later in verse 47 that this was an expression of great love from her. But Simon the Pharisee doesn't like it, and he says in verse 39, if this man were a prophet, there's another slide, because Jesus is, um, well, he has the appearance of a prophet, doesn't he? Uh, Obviously, he's more than that. But if this man were a prophet, he would know who who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Um, So... um, there's an implication there as well that Jesus is um, Jesus is happy to spend time with, with such people. The pattern is obvious. Jesus was prepared to spend time and invest in people that the status quo would not. However, fam- familiarity with these stories um, can make us miss the power of them because at the time, observers would have been shocked by Jesus' behavior. Law-abiding Jews considered holiness to be maintained by their separation from those who were sinful. Therefore, they did not associate um, with such people. Perhaps they viewed such people like we would have um, done um, some people a few years ago. We had a pandemic, I don't know if you remember. Um, I had one lesson where I was uh, teaching through the um, the pandemic. Actually, I had many lessons through the pandemic, but this one uh, to mind. So I'm in school and I'm teaching a class. So this is after th- uh, lockdown V1. I think it might have been during lockdown V2 where schools were in, but uh, many people were still at home. It was around about that time anyway. So I'd been, um, lessons unfortunately uh, became um, less fun then. We weren't allowed to um, move around the classroom as much. We were told to mainly stay at the front. And ultimately, it became a bit more talky, a bit more me lecturing. Um, so um, my throat got a bit dry. I decide to um, take a drink of my water with such gusto that I end up choking a bit on the, um, on the fluid. Um, th- you know, bent over 90 degrees, uh, coughing um, in front of the whole class in an untimely coughing fit. And you can just see the students reaching down and bringing their face masks up because they think, um, they th- in fact, one of them, I'm sure, whispered to his friend and said, I think this is a new and persistent cough. Um, the students thought I'd, um, yeah, the students thought that I'd got COVID, and so they'd, um, uh, th- even though I was coughing because of the water, and so they were taking means to uh, protect themselves from catching the uh, the virus. I mean, I don't think face masks work that way, but never mind. That was the impression that they were um, given. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, in the same way, um, we can imagine that the Pharisees did not associate with sinners because they didn't want to catch their sinfulness like it was some kind of um, virus. Um, and um, so the next thing I want to show you is um, is an excerpt that I've taken from a, a commentary. I am breaking the rules of PowerPoint here by putting tons of words on the slides, but forgive me. Um, so this is um, this is a commentary on the book of Luke, and he talks about Levi. Levi is Matthew; they're the same. They're the same person. 
Um, you can have two different names. Stranger things happen in the world. Anyway, um, in, and he says this. Let me read through it. In fact, Levi wishes to celebrate by introducing Jesus to his friends. Um, such is often the case with recent converts to Jesus. Unchurched friends are often the first to hear about the new discovery. So it should be. The tragedy is that after people have been in the church for a time, they find it hard to relate to outsiders. Jesus does not suffer from this problem. He consciously makes an effort to associate with those outside his community. He does not run or hide from the world in need, but engages with it realistically so that its real needs can be addressed. Often what wins an outsider to God is a genuine friendship. That's really the important bit. The rest is purely for context. Often what wins an outsider to God is genuine friendship. And Jesus saw this, so Jesus practiced it, and we ought to as well. Despite Levi's uh, low social status as a tax collector, he feels free to associate with Jesus. Jesus' invitation has made that clear. Jesus, though, he is happy to spend time with the outcasts because he knows that holiness isn't a quarantine thing. It is being their genuine friend who loves them for who they are. And this is a model that we ought to follow. I remember I had a friend at university. I had multiple friends, actually. But this particular friend... Um, I'm going to call him Colin. That wasn't his name, um, but, you know, GDPR. Um, Colin was, shall we say, not a popular person, and not through, lack of, not through lack of trying. He was friendly to everyone, to his credit. Um, but I imagine that if he was a character in an American high school film or TV show, someone would stick kick me to his back, and everyone else would be totally fine with that going on. That's kind of how much he was um he was he was liked nobody was really bothered by his misfortune that didn't happen to him this is just a metaphor um it was fair to say that most groups in our college at the time were unkind to him either through action or inaction um through perhaps social exclusion and um and of course you know you had groups in the um in the college, you had the football lads who, well, he was, Colin was the butt of, of many of their jokes. You had the musically talented types. Now, Colin, I would say, is musically talented. In fact, he did a fantastic um, Elvis impression. But he didn't, because he didn't quite fit with the status quo of the other musical types, he was, he was sort of excluded. And then there was my group, which was largely the Christian Union. And I'm sad to say, well, in their eyes, Colin just wasn't churchy enough for them, um, which, which I find still quite, um, quite sad. Um, as a result, Colin made some questionable decisions, and I'm going to leave that vague. I don't think I need to go into, into detail. But Colin and I had shared interests. We're both massive geeks, um, for instance, and so we hit it off rather early, and, and I made a point of going um, to brunch with him, maybe not weekly, maybe sometimes weekly, sometimes um, every other week. It just depends when our, when our diaries aligned. And, um, again, and that was against the advice of some other Christians. In fact, I lived with a guy who did say, why are you wasting your time with him? You'd basically be saying, this guy's a loser. Why are you wasting your time um, with him? 
but, uh, his but his friendship was important to me. Um, and though we've grown apart, because it's been about um, something getting on for like 20 years since I've been at university. No, not 20. <laughs> it's been a while. Anyway. Um, but we, we've, we've, we've grown apart, but our friendship was, um, w was really important at the, uh, at the time. And, um, and, you know, he had some rocky moments during university and after university, but I'm pleased to say that we met up a few years ago, and he's doing very well. He's married, he's got two kids, and he's a critical part of his local church playing in the worship uh, team, and he's far more qualified than, than me. He can speak fluent French, for example. Um, but... You know, it wasn't easy sticking with him. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to admit, for for various reasons. And it would have been so much easier for me to spend time with other people. But I know that we're both richer for our, for our friendship. So there's an example that I, I wanted to give. I know Mel sometimes says that um, she says you, you you have a thing for making friends with the outcasts. So if you are my friend, that isn't me saying you're an outcast. But I'm just saying Mel said it's a, 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 a bit of a pattern. I'm saying that so that I don't seem like some ultimate altruist or whatever. But um, anyway, I did some um, moving on. I did some um, research. I was doing some research for this um, preach. And uh, I came across this um, website. Um, so if you've got a telescope, you can probably see that link. But I could send it to you, I suppose, if you want to read it for yourself. But uh, let me give you TLDR. Um, so this, uh, this is basically where I, I, um, I, I found most of these um, verses um, on this website. Um, and there's a few excerpts I want to share with you. Um, and he says, once as a younger man in ministry, I made an offhand comment about how Jesus hung out with drunks. I was gently and wisely corrected by an older Christian who had him himself overcome alcohol addiction. He challenged me to find anywhere in Scripture where Jesus was just hanging out with people in a state of drunkenness. What he's doing in this article is he's trying to challenge the idea that although Jesus was friend of sinners, Jesus wasn't necessarily, um, shall we say, uh, he didn't condone necessarily their state of, uh, state of sinfulness. He you know, he wanted to see them changed. Okay, so Jesus wasn't um, wasn't uh, knocking back the drinks like the next man, for instance. Um, and he draws this conclusion. He says, in what way was Jesus a friend of sinners? What we see from the composite of these passages, the ones that I've already shared with you, is that sinners were drawn to Jesus, that Jesus gladly spent time with sinners who were open to his teaching, that Jesus forgave repentant sinners, and that Jesus embraced sinners who believed in him. Jesus was a friend of sinners not because he winked at sin, ignored sin, or enjoyed light-hearted revelry with those engaged in immorality. Jesus was a friend of sinners in that he came to save sinners and was very pleased to welcome sinners who were open to the gospel, sorry for their sins, and on their way to putting their faith in him. Now, I agree with this author to the extent that we shouldn't think of Jesus as hanging out with sinners and enjoying their revelry. However, and I might be wrong here, but there is something here that I don't agree with. And it's the implication that Jesus only had time for people who were open to the gospel. I might be reading into this too much, but feel free to, to voice your agreement or disagreements with me later. later. Um, but I don't think that friendship is about choosing people who are merely open to the gospel. 
I think we'd be limiting ourselves significantly. I have friends who are not only closed to the gospel, but are outright hostile to it. But I'm not going to stop being their friend because I would be making the assumption that they will never be open to the gospel. Because just because they're not open to the gospel now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be open to the gospel later. And I have to be prepared to play the long game with them. Um, it might be a year, it might be five years, it might be ten years. But I have to, I have to um, s- stick with this. Um, here's some scripture to kind of back me up. Um, this is Paul. In Acts 26, he's on trial before Governor Festus and King uh, Agrippa, who are, um, who are some authorities there. And Paul is sharing his story about how he came to, uh, to know Jesus. And um, King Agrippa says to Paul, after Paul shares, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, short time or long? Short time or long? I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am except for these chains. In short time or long, Paul was prepared to wait. And so, in our friendship, and so should we, of course, with prayer. We need to be patient. In a video on the subject of friendship by the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, Dr. Chloe Lynch, a lecturer of practical theology, at the London School of Theology states, and this is based on the example that Jesus sets, she states a few things which I've pulled out to share with you. Friendship with Jesus means friendship with one another. And in our friendships, we can hope Jesus will be seen in and through our love. We don't make our needs for happiness the be-all and end-all of the relationship what that means is we, don't, we shouldn't go into relationships thinking, I'm only doing this to make myself happy. That is not what a friendship is. Instead, we love our friends as an end in themselves, seeking their good and finding our own joy in their joy. We can't force the issue, meaning we can't force someone to convert, because that's what a cult is. Um, befriending someone only as an evangelistic project is not true friendship. Instead, we must treasure them as precious and end in themselves a person who loves God. Friendship must never be twisted as the way in which we get people saved because twisting like that is more akin to manipulation than the kind of friendship that Jesus offers to us. Friendship with God means friendship with people. That's like a concluding remark. For the disciples, they encounter the Father in and through their friendship with Jesus. And in John 14, he says that to know him is to have encountered the Father. And it's the Spirit who makes the Father present in Jesus. In the same, it's the same Spirit who also now makes both Jesus and implicitly the Father present to others in us, so that through us, they can encounter God for themselves. So if this friendship situation that Jesus models for us seems really hard, then take comfort in the fact that we have the same spirit in us that empowered Jesus in that way. Jesus, and I'll finish with this, Jesus is the friend of sinners.
which means he's our friend. Jesus is the friend of sinners, so we should also be the friend of sinners. Friendship with people is the end of itself. That, that's the goal. Friendship with people is the goal. But we hope, we hope and we pray that through genuine love and friendship that they will have an encounter with Jesus through us. No doubt, just as we had an encounter with Jesus through our friends. Amen. Amen.